Hey, good morning, everybody. Today is November 1st, 2019. Uh, you just heard the NWOB team theme. I got a guilty pleasure for that theme. You know, like those those gimmicks, you know, are just no good, but you like them anyway. Uh, I know a lot of folks love the, the B team thing that um, uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel used. Started off good, kind of lost its point, though. But yeah, I've always liked the uh, B team theme. Back when I had a MySpace, I actually had the B theme theme as my uh, profile back in the day. But uh, anyway, today's November 1st, 2019, and uh, as I speak right now, it's 11.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope everybody's having a good day. Uh, let's just go ahead and get to it. Oh, by the way, my Twitter tag is Toph Knows Best, so Jay tells me i got to, you know, plug that more. If you want to call in, the guest number is 347-205-9868. It's 347-205-9868. I'm going to go ahead and bring in John. Hey, morning, John. What's going on? What's up, dude? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm doing all right. I had some bad weather yesterday, but other than that, I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can't complain. I'm doing – everything's going good here. Um, you know, just kind of picking up everything after Halloween yesterday, you know? Mm-hmm. I meant to ask you. Um, I know you. I know you dressed up, and I know your son dressed up. Uh, what about your wife? Did uh, she dress up as anything as well? No, my wife is not a big Halloween person. Um, she's more Christmas. Um, ah, yeah, my okay. wife, I got you. Hey, but to her credit, to her credit, with the trunk or tree thing we were doing with the Avengers theme, she was trying to find something. She was trying to find, like, a Captain Marvel, like, hoodie or sweatshirt, whatever, like, that had, like, the logo so it would look like the uniform. She did try to do that. We had a couple other things come up. Um, uh, I don't know if I told you guys in the PWP chat. I know I told you guys a couple of months ago, but uh, I showed you guys my cousin that was pretty much Bill Goldberg's doppelganger. Right. Yeah. Uh, last last week he actually passed away. Um so I was engulfed in that, and she never got to, you know, get what she was looking for. But to her credit, she tried. You know, she was – but, no, my wife's not a Halloween person, so that's more my thing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Oh, before we start, I got a little uh, thing that I'm going to mention here first before I forget because I've mentioned in – and the past, and I should go ahead and give them a shout-out, because uh, I was uh, mistaken earlier. I believe uh, MLW will have a pay-per-view tomorrow on Saturday. I'm getting used to um, – we got so so we got AEW, they have their shows on Saturday. Um, NXT has their takeovers on Saturday, and now MLW will now be having their pay-per-views on Saturday. So those are three promotions that are uh, having Saturday shows, which is crazy because when I was a kid, you know, there were shows on Saturday, but um, after the demise of WCW and ECW, we kind of got accustomed to Sunday stuff. So I'm not too familiar with MLW yet. I've only been watching for a month. What MLW is, they're going up against uh, a big boxing fight on pay-per-view, and they're going up against the UFC, which has a... According to what I'm looking at, it'll be on Fight TV app. Um, yeah, no, but I'm just saying. Like, is is the UFC going to be on? How does the UFC pay per views work? Are they on pay per view? Are they on like the app? I, I don't really follow them. 
they fluctuate depending on the show. I think this show is on that ESPN Plus app, but they're normally mm, on okay. pay-per-view. But there's a boxing fight. Canelo Alvarez is fighting somebody, and that's a big, that's a big name, and that's on traditional pay-per-view. So it's not even about what's on what. It's just MLW is just going to get crushed only because there's just so much other stuff on tomorrow. It's just a bad week. Like, if they would have ran a week later or a week earlier, they would have been in great shape. It's just tomorrow night is going to be a shit night for them. I had a trial for fight app last year, and I used it for 30 days, but it didn't really have any wrestling stuff. It was mostly sports stuff, but if more promotions yeah, start using yeah, a fight app, I might use it more. It's like wrestling on that app has kind of come around like the last, I don't know, I want to say six to nine months. Yeah, I've noticed that. Um, I think, that, you know, that's the time frame that they've got in more and in, more involved with this. So, you know, the trial would definitely be worth more now than it would have been, um, you know, a, a, a year ago. You know, um, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at some of these names. I mean, I know some of these folks, so that tells me my knowledge is improving. Uh, they have a lot of titles, and I'm not sure what any. The only one I really recognize is the their top title. I see uh, Austin Aries is fighting Teddy Hart. It's nice to see Teddy still working. Uh, Davy Boy Smith is fighting Alexander Hammerstone. I've seen Alexander like once. Uh, Jacob Fatu, I know him in the. Um, Mm-hmm. Contra, the Contra dudes, and uh, he's fighting L.A. Park. That's cool. The Dynasty, uh, that's uh, MJF and Richard Holiday. They'll be going against the Von Ericks. Ah, yes, the Von Ericks. I've been following them for a while. They had a really good documentary, well, depressing documentary on uh, yeah. Viceland. But there's two yeah. new boys, and I remember they made a cameo on uh, TNA, well, Impact, yeah. a few years ago. It was, a, it was like a one-night thing when they were in Texas. Down, I think when Bound for Glory was in Dallas, I think they brought, if I remember right, right I think they brought them in for that. Um, I'm actually right, I'm right. surprised Cody hasn't gobbled them up. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised because I don't think the Von Erichs are signed – Exclusively to MLW, you know. They're not. Um, they're 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 being paid per appearance, so they're just yeah, uh, and, they're testing the know, waters, and, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised Cody hasn't brought them in for a shot because they did. Did they see Texas already, or I think they got Texas coming up. I I be mm. shocked if they didn't bring them in for that. Like I really, you know, I I, I would. I I'd be surprised. Um, you know. Right. Since I mentioned MJF, uh, MJF actually uh, tweeted this himself on Twitter about a week ago. I never did mention this on, uh, on, on the show. It was one of those unusual – well, it's not really necessarily a loophole. So when MJF signed with MLW, um, AEW did not exist, which is why he's able to do both MLW and AEW. Some fans have been curious about that, and I never talked about that on the show. So yeah, that's kind of one of the, of the advantages. Not, that doesn't go for everybody that right, right. He's just one of the few that have that. He's one of the few, and this is where we talked about this two weeks ago. Apparently, Court Bauer and those guys are starting to get itchy to get their talent locked up. And like we said two yeah, weeks yeah. ago, you have to be careful because no offense to MLW, and I've been talking about them for a while. You know, you know this. 
that I thought they could have snuck up and, you know, maybe taken, you know, before AEW came out, they could have maybe taken ROH for that second spot. But if, like I said two weeks ago, if they're going to force people to choose, okay, I'm sorry, no offense to Court Bauer and those guys, you're not going to win nine times out of ten. I'm, I'm sorry, you're not. You're not going to get, maybe you get the one guy that feels, you know, maybe you get the one guy that you could take into a room and say, listen, you know, if you stay with us, we'll, we'll strap the company on your back and we'll push it in the moment. Okay, maybe that guy, you get to turn around and be like, you know what, there's only so far I'm going to go in AEW. These guys are going to make me the face of the company. All right, fuck it, I'll stay. But you get the regular, hey, listen, you guys need to choose. You know, you can be a tag team here or you can be a tag team there. You're going to get, more often than not, you're going to get people to say, well, I'm going to go to AEW. And, you know, this is, I, I understand what, what MLW is trying to do because they don't want to come off just like another twice a month indie company. They want to have their presence, and they've been working so hard. You know, that's the one thing, like when AEW got announced, we talked about, obviously, the effect on WWE, New Japan, ROH, Impact. We never really talked about the effect AEW would have on MLW because of the fact that MLW was working so hard to become that other company. And, you know, I think with uh, I think the I think the effect of both companies uh, I think the effect of both companies uh, of NXT and uh, AEW I think the ultimate effect is uh, the purge of the Indies. Um, Yeah, but NXT. The the reason why I don't mention NXT because at the end of the day, like you've said, NXT is still under the WWE banner. So NXT was was there. WWE was there. You had NXT. Yeah, but they still purged the indie scene, though. Wait, but hang hang on. Let me. You're going down a different road, though, than what I'm trying to go down. ROH was vulnerable. Okay, even you know. Not as much as they are now, but ROH is vulnerable. Impact was not the impact that it is now. You had this company who was really starting to set their stone, who could have not just jumped one company, could have jumped two. Because at the time, think about ROH and Impact, you can even make a case that Impact might even start surging past ROH soon. But if you go back a year ago, that wasn't the case. You had MLW, who was just ready to make this jump potentially into the number two promotion. They were working on getting a better TV deal. They were really one of the first companies to jump on with Fight. Okay. They had a good mix of names you knew, not necessarily the biggest names, but they were names you knew. You knew David, David Hart Smith. You knew Teddy Hart. You knew um, Brian Tillman Jr., obviously. You know, you, you knew Janella. You know, so they had names that could get you to be like, oh, hey, what's this? this? And then they had other guys that they were grooming, which is fine. Then AEW comes, and again, this is just, this is nobody's fault. This is not a knock on anybody. AEW comes in, and it was like, forget about walking past MLW. They threw MLW down the stairs and launched past them, obviously, the spot they're in now. And now that, I mean, that's that ties into what you're saying about Purdue. But I'm saying, as far as like a pure company posture goes, we, you know, they were the ones that might have gotten hurt more so than anybody by the fact that well, AEW exists. Well, since we're talking about 
one company taking from another company. I mean, and now uh, you know, I I posted it the other day on on PWP, and um, you know, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Wrestling Ratten, he uh, pretty much called them out on it as well. Um, I know that I've always given the UK a hard time, the the fan base, the country in general, their style of wrestling, and you know, I, I will admit that I'm just I'm not a fan. Never have been a fan. Never will be a fan. But um, but uh, the NXT UK stuff. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like that whole scene over there, they basically got oh, they, on their knees and just they just got on their knees and they just like they they gave like WWE like the best blow job ever. I was following them. No. Um, the yeah, what culture guys? The the the, the, well, the, the yeah. progress they dudes. Yeah, they gave they 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 basically signed all they gave everything to WWE and almost all of the big indie, all of the big names in the UK yeah, the, the, they the went bigger, over there the to the to the UK crime, brand. The bigger crime in the UK was the fact that originally a lot of these guys and a lot of these companies were told, "Don't worry, you can still work," and you still see it somewhat. You'll still see so and so pop up here. You know, everybody only wants to talk when so-and-so gets pulled from blah, 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 show. But you still look. Walter still works other days. Um, Tony Storm. More so with the women than the men. But they are – yeah, what happened was a lot of people were sold a bill of goods about, well, don't worry. You can still have Pete done. We just need him when we tape and when we do a takeover. And then six months later it turns into, fuck you, you can't have – you guys, kind of like what MLW is doing, they kind of force these guys to sign exclusive deals. And that's what really hurt it over there. You know, yeah, pretty much. That, you know, okay, we'll share. Great, everybody wins. And then it's like, nah, fuck you. We're not sharing anymore. You know, tough shit. <laughs> you know. Right, one last thing before we move on. I want to mention one other pay-per-view. No card yet because it's still way off, so the NWO, I said NWO, Lowe's, NWA Power, um, they're building up to their first, I have to rephrase this right, so they've had pay-per-views before, but this is their first pay-per-view post-NWA Power, so obviously by the time this pay-per-view airs, they'll have more. That's the way to word it. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to word it. So their pay-per-view is called uh, Into the Fire, which is cool because it's based off the theme song of the show, Into the Fire. No card yet, but it'll be on December 14th. And uh, as that show gets closer, I'll talk more about it. But there really isn't anything to say now because there's nothing confirmed. Right. soon. I think they tape like four weeks when they tape. Yeah, they tape a lot. A couple weeks ago. They tape a lot. They're going to need to tape. No, but I'm saying that four weeks is coming up. I think this week is actually the last show. Well, there might be one more. So they're going to tape soon. I'll bet you coming out of those tapings, you'll have an idea of what that show is going to be. What they're trying to figure out right now, I mean, uh, pretty much no complaints about the show. It's just old school. No, uh, we've already we've already talked about the show. The only thing that they're working on right now is uh, – you know, the whole NWA champion thing is, you know, they're a traveling champion. They either go to different brands and defend their title or people from other brands will make, like, one-off appearances to yeah. challenge for the title as a double awareness for the NWA itself and the brand and that the, the challenger comes from. So, 
Yeah. Right. So right now they're just right right now they're just figuring so out like which companies know, can they. For people that don't know, that's how it used to be. Right. Right. Rich of course. Flair would you know? Yes, they were the NWA champion, and yes, their home was under the NWA banner. But you could go to a show in Texas, and you know whoever your big star was, you know. Flair and Race, nine times out of ten, would come in and work that talent, you know, in the main event for the title. You know, you, you know, in St. Louis, you got that a lot. They used to, you know, constantly go to St. Louis. You know, St. Louis was a big market for that. You know, build a guy up for like Right, they just months. need to figure out which companies are, you know, willing to, Who they want to, to do, do business. I mean. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's- yeah. Pretty much, I, I, I can see them doing some work well, with. It uh, works better. It works more so with a heel, because as champion, <laughs> excuse me, because if you have a face as the NWA champion traveling, and you're bringing, you're building up this monster heel in your territory, ninety-eight times out of a hundred, the face is going to come in and beat that heel, and it's like, oh, okay, well. Now we'll go back to square one. But when you get a, a heel NWA champion, you could work that DQ finish. It keeps your face that you've been building strong, and it sets the stage for <coughs> excuse me for when for when Harley Race comes back in six months. We could go back to that rematch. You, the traveling works like a, but it, it works with a heel. It doesn't work with a face. And let me, I can't say this. I said this in the PWP chat, I think yesterday or Wednesday, whatever. God love Nick Aldis for the simple fact that when he's not wrestling and he's cutting a promo, he does it in like a five-piece fucking suit. That yeah. is so Rick Flair. It's even Harley Race to a degree, although Race's was more like a leisure suit. But that is he's kind of a he's kind of a manipulative uh, he's, he's like a manipulative tweener he can be a, he's like he's not really a face or a heel it depends uh, what I thought was the most interesting was the uh, the tag match he had with James Storm this week where I believe James Storm is the National Alliance champion yeah. and they had a tag match and the step was if James Storm's team won he would get a future shot at, at Magnus or Nick Aldis. But then Nick Aldis said, yeah. okay, if you win, I'll give you a shot, but you have to sacrifice your belt because you got to risk something. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. that's kind of a dick move, but it makes sense. So he's like a right. face when it comes to certain people, but then he's kind of a douche when it comes to others. He kind of like flip-flops back and forth. It's interesting. Then there's the whole Camille thing where, like, because technically – because, like, they're building it up as if, like, he's abusing Camille, but then technically every time Camille doesn't talk, she does it as if, like, it's her decision, not his. So it's very interesting. It's, it's very hard to kind of flip back and forth between a face and a heel because um, usually when someone does that at some point, they have to pick a side. Yeah. But I feel like he's yeah. one of those Something dudes that could become... probably – Right. He's, yeah, you're right. This, this carnation – because think about it. Even in the, the series of matches with Cody – was he ever really a heel? No. No, not really. No, he wasn't a heel. 
No, he, he wasn't. Really what happened was full, fans just. Was he just, ever really a full blown face? No, he wasn't. No, neither, neither one he was. was. Just, the, the fans just yeah. the fans just cheered Cody more, which made oh, him yeah, appear that's, more that's, a heel, but he but he but he wasn't actually a heel. But if you look at right. how Aldis was presented, that that was the crowd doing that. But if you look at how Aldis was presented and how Aldis right. even, you know, how the character came off, there was no commitment to either side. And and Aldis played that fantastic. You know, Aldis, I believe you know. I believe you refer to him as a. I think he's what some movie tropers call chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah. But he's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but he's in the middle, okay. in the, and he's in the middle in the sense like he's not even. He's in the like you you just said it a few minutes ago. Nine times out of ten, people like that eventually have to choose a side, and they even lean one side where you could see which side is gonna bid. He doesn't do that. He's literally got it covered to the point where he is literally at that middle point all across the board. He's definitely better off on his own. I know he tried to play that type of character in TNA, but because of the whole Dixie thing, which I was a fan of, like the whole, but because of the whole Dixie land thing, he got associated with that because he was the champion that Dixie kayfabe yeah, chose there, there to was over. AJ. There was way too much going on on the side with that, where if that run would have happened six months earlier or six months later, if when some of that stuff either hadn't started yet or died down, he would have been mm-hmm. totally he would have been totally different at that point. <laughs> right. So since like, I'm talking about uh, right. Uh, since I'm talking about pay-per-views, I already mentioned the MLW pay-per-view and the NWA. Might as well keep it going. So uh, AEW's first official pay-per-view post-official launch because they've had pay-per-views before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is their first pay-per-view post-Dynamite launch is Full Gear. Yep. And that is going to be next weekend, not this weekend. And uh, that will be on traditional yeah. pay-per-view. And yep. um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be on some Bleacher, other app as well. It's on Bleacher Report app or something. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll definitely do my research on it before then. Right now, only four matches. I'm sure they'll have more. Um, uh, they got Paige. Oh, I'm sorry, Hangman versus Pac. The Bucks against uh, Santina, Santana, and Ortiz. They don't still have an official name yet. I'm sure they'll make one. I thought they were Cody against powerful or something. No, they're. Pride and powerful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So the Bucks will fight them. Uh, Cody will fight uh, Jericho for the belt, and Moxley will fight Omega in a non-sanctioned match. Just four matches. Um, I'm sure they'll probably add two more matches. What they need to do is. You'll probably get the tag. You'll get. Here's what I think they're gonna get. Here's what I think. You're going to get the tag title match. Now you got tag champs, obviously. Um, right. Mm. Hang and on probably one women's match. Let me case it. Yeah, let me case it. One second. I'll be right back. All right, cool. All right, so uh, we got four matches for the W. As JCD was saying, we'll have probably a tag match. I can see a rematch between SCU and the Lucha Brothers. 
Um, so that would make it five. I would imagine Riho would have to defend her title against someone, so that would be six. And I think that's fine. So then, of course, with those six matches, you would probably have, you know, like a pre-show or uh, as they call the buy-in or something like that. Um, they should keep it simple. You know, when they were doing their shows earlier, this, you know, before, like, the official launch of Dynamite, uh, some of their shows went long, just as long as a main roster WWE pay-per-view would go. Uh, one of their pay-per-views went, like, almost three and a half hours. But I gave them the benefit of the doubt because they didn't have official TV yet. So they were just trying to, like, before they had TV, they're just trying to get as many stars screen time to get as many people over as possible in the amount of time they had before Dynamite started. But now that they have started Dynamite, now we know who a good portion of the roster is. We've seen them. So they should go the takeover route and just try to keep these pay-per-views um, short and sweet, somewhere between the four to five match, maybe six. I'm I'm giving it a pass because, again, like the show still just started. We're still in the infancy phase, but um, I think six is just fine. Uh, and someone's calling my cell phone. Not sure why, but that is closing it off. Hey, sorry right, about cool. that. Oh, that's no problem. Uh, I was just basically saying that, um, you know, that we'll have a tag match. That'll make it five. Uh, Riho will defend her title against someone. That'll make it six, and they should just keep it and there you know and then do? have, like, a buy-in You know what match. I would do if they want to do seven? If you want to do seven, you know what I would do? Do, do Dustin and Sonny Kiss against Hager and... Uh, if you want to really lock in that whole inner circle, you know, thing. Because Hager, right. so, you know, if you yeah, want, that'd be cool. Off, you, could, you know, seven matches is terrible. You can still get matches sometimes. You know, um, the only problem is, I don't know what you would do with, with, with Hero. You know. With who? What's their face? The women's champion. Hero? Oh, What's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Name? yeah. You know, um, I mean, yeah, SCU, maybe you could do a rematch with the Lucha Bros. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. You know, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to get in on this thing, because uh, what was the point of building a private party? But then, all right, you don't want to put the belts on them? At least put them in the fucking finals. You know, like, you built these guys up. The Bucks gave them this crazy endorsement at the House of Glory show. Then you have them beat the Bucks clean in the first round. Just, I don't know. I felt like. That was just an upset in the first round, just to get people talking. I think uh, the main, I think the original plan was because the most overact they have is the Jurassic Express. I think they were supposed to go over. Then when he got hurt, um, they just plans changed clearly. That's what I think was the plan. I think that Jurassic Express, they were going to win the whole thing, but then when he got hurt, they made it some changes and stuff. So. But um, Private Party, their victory over the Young Bucks, to me, all that was, that was just like the big, every tournament has the big fluke. Not not, not big fluke. Every tournament has a really surprising first. Yeah, every, every tournament has like that surprise victory. Like even WWE did it. I mean, 
whether it hurt him or not, I mean, but Drew McIntyre, many people had him picked, and he went out the first round, and it got people buzzing. Like, oh, okay, because yeah. I remember when they first announced the brackets, many folks were yeah, like, it's going to be Corbin yeah. or Drew, and then Drew lost, and it's like, oh, okay, and a lot of folks got interested. So that's typically just how I see it. Most most tournaments have that one surprise, you know, victory. Um, you know, so, but – um. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, though. So uh, I see what they're doing with the with the Lucha Brothers, and to me, what it seems like they're trying to do, I'm getting Dudley Boys vibes from them, like, because the Dudleys, when I mean the Dudleys, I'm talking like, hmm, I'm talking like 2,000 Dudleys, where, like, the Dudleys okay. were cool, like, the fans, like, cheered them, but they were still pieces of shit. Like, they would just do, like, heinous things like they would put people like when they put like Trish to a table or they would put Mae Young to the table and JR would be like those damn deadly so it was like yeah. they were over like when they came out the fans would cheer but then Baba or Devon would do something to remind you hey we're heels boo us mm-hmm. but they were so cool the fans the at that time, they never did anything to officially turn face yeah, they they never changed, you know, really. The fans just kind of did. Never, yeah. That's the, what happened, well, actually, what happened was Edge and Christian turned heel, and then everybody else became. But again, this is like what we talked about back at that time, not to keep revisiting it. Everybody worked everybody, and it always just added up and made sense. That's, that's another part of it, too. Right. That's the vibe that I'm getting from the yeah. Lucha Brothers by having them attack Christopher Daniels, uh, they could have killed. They could have killed Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, but they just played with them. Like, like in their matches, even with Private Party, it's like they could put it away, but they just play with them. It's like they, they, it's more so Pentagon than Phoenix. Like they, they do douchey things, but because they're so cool, the fans cheered him anyway. Yeah, and you know what else you're getting with that too? If they ever decided to break them up. You've got your your roles clearly defined. Like Pentagon will be the heel and Phoenix will be the face. Like that. Yeah, yeah, they were. See. Yeah, they were always uh, singles performers. They were not a team at all in Lucha Underground. And what happened was when Penta went to Impact, and then Phoenix went to Impact. Yeah, and Impact just. Yeah. Yeah, Impact just. Enough to start facing LAX. Yeah. Right, and, yeah, right. Impact just teamed them. They had a feud with LAX, yeah. and it just sort it of stuck. And, right, right. And so that introduced uh, Penta and Phoenix to, um, you know, because I, I watched Lucha Underground, but unfortunately, yeah. um, LRA was a very obscure network, and many people didn't see Lucha. I, didn't realize, so, I, I never knew it. I was in the other day. I was flipping through, and I was like, wait, that's, that's LRA. I never knew it. I had they had a lot of. They had a, yeah, they had a lot of issues because um, they didn't advertise it that well. And what I didn't know was uh, um, I believe the first two seasons are still on Netflix. And um, the Tubi app, that's, that's T-U-B-I, Tubby, Tubi, like, you know, in school, hey, Tubby, there's yeah. an app called Tubby. And all the episodes are free. I mean, you, you got to watch ads and stuff, but they're on there. And um, they didn't really advertise it as well as they could have. But um, but the main point I'm making is they were 
Chris the something just actually just went to MLW. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So he's yeah, really good he, at those. Um, he's really good at those batch day segments and stuff. I, I can totally see. I don't know how long he's been there, but I, you know, you I've know, only you watched know one month. Up? You know what's messed up? That guy's gone and and in MLW. Yet there are still some people that are still tied to that fucking company. Yeah. Yeah. How crazy yeah, is that? True. That's true. It looks like, um, and some other news, it looks like they, um, and we'll just have to wait and see where it goes. Um, I know originally uh, Omega was going to turn, but it seems like they've flipped, and it looks like they're planting seeds for Hangman to turn instead, which I actually think is better, because Kenny, in retrospect, when I really think about it, he doesn't really need it. And the one excuse, because yeah, I, I know I where think... it's, I, I know where it's going, is the one excuse they're going to use is, uh, and this, and um, I'm gonna. I, at, at first, I would give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt now. Well, on a positive note, this week's Dynamite did have a lot more promos, and it did have a lot more uh, yeah, backstage Dynamite, segments. I, but I, there I is the, one. It, it was Game Seven of the World Series. You were going to get clobbered, so. Yeah. Well, I wasn't I wasn't talking about that. What I was talking about was no, they have more promos on on things. There's yeah, one I promo they had on the most recent being the elite uh, that I really think should have been <laughs> on live TV. The, I don't I know they did a Halloween mm-hmm. episode and they did like the regular episode. It was one where uh, Paige was talking to Cody, and it yeah. was a line that Cody said where I think uh, I know what it was. Cody said that uh, I heard you talk to Kenny. And then Paige said, yeah, Kenny has his own locker room. And Cody's like, yeah. well, I have my own locker room. And then the Bucks have their own locker room, implying that Hangman doesn't. And Hangman just kind of gave him yeah. a look. Like, like that. I thought that should have been on TV. But, yeah. I mean. And Cody said something like, I, well, you mine. And Paige was like, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They need to. I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that, because I enjoyed this week's Dynamite because there were more promos, there were more Bash Day segments, but that particular one should have been on have TV. Been on. But, yep. right, right, right. So, See, but, I, um, I, I you know, anyway, while, so. While, yes, it's becoming more and more clear that something's going to happen with Hangman, and I think for his sake, as far as his standing in that company, it needs to, but I, I would not that means the Kenny turn is off. I, I think you wouldn't assume what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that the Kenny turn is off 100%. You know what I could see triggering it back? Let's see who gets the better reaction in that match with Moxley and Omega. If that crowd is oh, yeah, a little can... more pro-Moxley, then I think that's going to be your you know, you know, I think that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, your 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 potential trigger to all right. Let's bring it back. You'd have Kenny be like, you know, you people are so you know whatever, and yet you're cheering Aunt Moxley, and you know, when Mox whatever when Moxley said there's going to be violence that we haven't seen in decades, the first thought that came to my mind was someone's catching on fire. That's the first thought. I was like, "This is going to be a flaming table spot." That's allowed on pay per view. You can do that, not on TV. I don't yeah. think you could. Um, no. But uh, that's the first thing that came to my head. Like, there's going to be a. I predict a flaming table or 
those little glass spots, those little and the I, stuff and that Joey Janela right does. Now, I mean, we'll save it for next week, but I'll give you this one now. I think Moxley's going over. Well, since it's unsanctioned, it doesn't matter, which is kind of the point. Um, yeah, but did you see the Moxley, the, the little promo they did where, you know, mm-hmm. Moxley made a point to be like, well, wait a second, wins and losses matter. What if I beat your boy and now you're telling me it's not going to count? I think that right there could be a very interesting side story coming out of it, you know, like, you know, that Moxley could carry for a bit going forward, you know, oh, well, you know, you only have three wins, you know, John, and -and so-and-so has five. No, bullshit, I have four because I beat Omega. Well, no, you didn't because we didn't thank Like, you know, I could see that playing a role, and I, I, you know, I think, I, I think he... I think he could go. I think he goes over. I think he does. And I, you know, because I think, like I said, I think that whole well, your win doesn't count. You know, especially when they're trying to play up like the importance of records and stuff. I could see that becoming another potential layer to his character. Like, oh, I want a shot at Jericho. Well, you don't have enough wins. Bullshit. Yes, I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, something. Along I think those probably how this. I think probably how it'll go is um, I think since this is Moxley's environment, he'll win the first match, and then they'll have a second match where Kenny will be like, "You, I fought you in your environment. Now fight me in mine." They'll have a second match, and then Kenny will win. Okay. Right, right, and then yeah. Kenny will win that one, but it won't be a decisive victory. It'll be like one of those. Like he won't be able to hit the one winged angel. He'll hit like a, a full package or a small package or something. And then Moxley will be like, You didn't beat me, you survived. Then yeah, exactly. they'll have like a third and final match. And the last match will either be an Iron Man or like two out of three falls. Because they clearly seem to like old school type of um, stuff, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is long term booking. By the time this happens, we'll probably be like probably spring of next year so um you you know so speaking of that i'm I'm curious you know how whenever wrestlemania happens and um you know like whatever city mania is in like a lot of uh indies have like their shows in the same city you know like everyone gets a piece of the pie i heard the mentality is that their weekend let them have that's what i've heard that's gonna, that's so they're why not going to they do anything. Last year, that's why. Okay. That's that's why they didn't that's, show up last year in New York anywhere. I I heard I heard that the one thing I mean maybe the fact that it's in Florida WrestleMania is in Florida this year might change that. But from what I heard, <coughs> Tony's mentality last year was that there we get. That's uh that's interesting because I feel like what gets lost in translation more than anything. This is this is how I um I knew how serious because when AEW was first announced, like some people took it seriously, some folks didn't take it seriously. How I knew that this was going to be a serious thing is what gets lost is well not a big deal for Cody, but for the Bucks, for Hangman, and for Kenny, and any of the folks attached to them, they all basically gave up Madison Square Garden, you know. Like, that's a big dream yeah. to perform in that arena. Yeah. 
and they gave that up for this. Yep. Now, maybe one day AEW will get big enough to the point where they can run a show in MSG, but we're we're still far off from that. I heard, Should it I ever heard happen? MSG, I heard MSG was completely turned off by what happened with AAA. That right, you know. Right. I heard, and I I heard MSG will not be is not keen on letting anybody else in. That you know, for as good right. as the ROH New Japan thing, but even that, even that, even those tickets. Yes, those tickets sold, but those seats didn't get filled because once it became clear that you know who wasn't going to be on that show, those seats that on the secondary market, I heard MSG took note of that, and I heard the AAA thing was like, fuck it, we might as well just stick with, you know, Vince and the, you know, five times a year he runs here. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't right. know if AEW could get in. I don't, I don't know. Not on their term, I just don't know if MSG is going to even well, not yet. It's it's too it's too soon. They're still a, a new young promotion. I mean, they're they're a baby promotion basically. Um, I don't expect to see AEW to even attempt to get a venue like that at least. And this is me and just and you know assuming everything goes well. Also, with what you said, yes, maybe the Bucks, you know, live and die with AEW. I'm not sold. Adam Page is an AEW lifer. I'm not sold on it. I'm not. Hangman is I'm good not. friends with Cody. He does whatever Cody does. If Cody decides to say, fucking I'm out, Hangman will say, fucking I'm out. That's how I interpret yeah, but, yeah, it. Hangman does whatever point. Cody does. Yeah, but there's also, there's got to be a point, and maybe I'm just down on the way he's been booked right now. But sooner or later, though, you gotta, and I know it's early, and it looks like there might be something brewing with him. <clears throat> but if not, sooner or later, Penguin's gotta look at what's gonna be best for his career. And while it's great to be with your friends, well, it's, it's his own fault partly. It's 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 his you know. own fault partly because he got comfortable with being in groups. Because when I first, yep. I I know his story pretty well because when they debuted him, yeah, he was. He what was did uh what did Ring of Honor call him? He was a prospect. Yeah, he was. Yeah. A, he, when he first started, he was a he was a prospect, which is basically their equivalent of a a young boy, young lion, and um, yeah, he, was, he was part yeah. of he was part. He was part of B.J. Whitmer's uh, The Decade yes. group. The decade. And then, right, he and was part of that. And that was a, they had a, right, and that was a good story, too. It was a good story. I remember the story was, uh, the, it was the, the Decade was Jimmy Jacobs, B.J. Whitmer, and Roddy, and it was, like, three dudes who were part of Ring of Honor for, like, ten years, and they felt like nobody respected them. In a Ring of Honor, you shake hands yep. and, like, uh, uh, BJ took in Hangman like as a disciple, and he was telling Hangman to not shake anybody's hand. Uh, and it was a good story. And then the whole time Hangman was underneath him, um, he would wrestle and he would beat folks. But no matter what he did, BJ would never shake his hand. And I forgot exactly mm-hmm. who Hangman fought. I, I think he fought like Champa or Cedric. They beat Hangman. So some Hangman fought somebody, and then he lost. 
and the hangman got mad and he attacked him. And then after Hangman attacked him, BJ got happy. He got in the ring, and then he shook his hand. And it was like, oh, that's what he was waiting for. It was like he was waiting yeah. for Hangman like to get aggressive. Aggression it was good, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good storytelling. I really liked it. And then after that, the decade broke up. And, um, well, I'm calling him Hangman, but this whole time he was called Adam Page, or Page for mm-hmm. short. Then he mm-hmm. joined the Bullet Club when it was still the actual – Mm-hmm. The Bullet Club before yeah. the elites, but when he joined the Bullet Club, they already had Adam Cole, so you couldn't have two Adams. That's just weird. So then they called him Hangman, Hangman. and then very yeah. over a period of time, they started adding cowboy aspects. and And he was a he yeah. was always a good wrestler. No one doubted that, but he stood out in the Bullet Club. See, that was even my that was even my point two years ago with the stuff at All In. With the Joey Ryan stuff was like, you know, yeah, it's great. You're giving this guy personality, but you're totally killing the fact that this guy is actually a really good worker. Like, I I had written like a winner and loser thing for All In, and I actually put like winner Adam Page the character, loser Adam Page the wrestler because it became about that over the top Joey Ryan story. That it's the New Day effect, where they joke around with him so much you forget he's a good wrestler. Yeah, like, I was like... It's, you know, it's the same stuff that like, WWE did with the New Day. I need yeah, to work on that. I was wondering, like, was this done on purpose to kind of maybe devalue him or something? Like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know he's got one of the sure deals in that company. Like, I know Cody the Buck have five years. Jericho has three. Omega. <laughs> he has four. So when his is up, he'll be forty. Yeah, Omega's is Omega. Oh, I, Omega's four, right? Yeah. So when his deal's up, he'll Moxley be forty. Is, I know Moxley is two with a one-year opt-out. I think Pac mm-hmm. is two, and that, and yeah. I think yeah. I I appreciate what He's what the they're guy. doing. You know, one of, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Kurt Angle, and and you've said it yourself. I remember it was one of the first things that um that I remember you saying you were doing a show of Jay. This is like back in 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. It's really, 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 really hard to be a comedic wrestler who can like at the snap of fingers become a serious wrestler and. There's that segment with the Alliance back then. I know I'm not a fan of that period where Steve Austin said he's an idiot, and then Vince says, "Yeah, but he's our idiot" or he's something like idiot. that. Yeah, yeah, he, right. It's and like he, no, yeah, yeah. Kurt has this thing. Yeah, he's our idiot, and oh by the way, he's a dangerous idiot. Right, right, right. Kurt, Kurt's one yeah. of the few dudes who could joke around, but then as soon as the bell rings, he could believably like just like shoot on you and just like make you look like a mm-hmm. complete buffoon. And it's really hard to pull that off effectively because it's just hard. Like many, many comedic wrestlers over the years are good wrestlers for real, good fighters like Santino or Disco, but you like when they engulfed, were joking you around. You getting engulfed in it, and, and that's the problem. Right, right. You're right. One, one of my favorite TNA wrestlers was, uh, was, 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 right, right. Like third or fourth down, down, the, down the list, and that's not how it should be. Right. One of my favorite uh, uh, TNA heels was uh, EY, Eric Young. 
Um, I thought EY yeah. was a was a great heel, but he had been doing the Super Eric comedy stuff for so many years Don't that Eric, I remember yeah. when TNA <laughs> when they when they started pushing him, so many fans just couldn't take him seriously because yeah. they pushed him as a joke for so many years. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, the Bucks the Bucks and Kenny. Um, they're they're part of that. Like they can goof around, but when the bell rings, they're all business. They can they can believably pull it off. Yeah, yeah, Hangman's know, not yeah, there yet. Exactly. Yeah, but you know, you could, but you know what the difference is? You know that side exists with Kenny and the Bucks. Now you and I know that side exists with Paige, but how many people don't realize? Didn't watch Paige in 2014, 2015. You know know the decade storyline the way you do. How many people don't know that stuff, but then we're watching him at All In and just think he's, you know, right. he's that guy now. That's, that's the problem. And, you know, I don't want to get into this because I, I know how I'm going to get labeled, how it's going to and it's not about that at all. But sooner or later, some of these guys, Paige, Marty, Okay, I'm going to have to make a decision. What's more important? Do I want to have my own legacy? Or do I just want to hang out with my friends all the time? And, you know. I I can tell you what Marty's goal is. Marty's goal is just merch money. (laughs) That's what Marty cares about. Hangman, I don't know. I don't know where his head is at. So, you know. But all I know is he's good friends with Cody. I think Marty wants a little more. You know, for himself. I think Marty, the fact that MSG sits bad with Marty tells you that there's, Marty has goals. Like, the fact that he didn't win the title in MSG, you know, I think that tells you exactly where Marty's at. You know, well, I can't, I can't blame Ring of Honor for not putting the belt on him. I, I get no, where they were going it, with. It, it wasn't, it, you know what it is? It, it, Ring of Honor was fucked because if you look at the story, the story made sense for Taven. Right. I've tried to explain that to Ring of Honor fans, but they don't want to hear that, you know. Right. So. Because they don't, because you know what it is? Because they just don't like Taven. That's what it is. That's what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Once once people can get past that, if you look at where that was going, that was all about Taven. Now, the problem that Ring of Honor also fell into was you needed somebody to market that show around. Since you weren't going to have Cody, you weren't going to have Kenny, you weren't going to have the Bucks, you know. So, because I remember, I noticed it the day the announcement got made. There were two people on that poster. Okada representing New Japan and Marty representing ROH. So you had to feature Marty predominantly on that show. And instead of whatever, they just wedged them in that ladder match. So... (laughs) You know, but your story called for Taven. So I get where Ring of Honor was, but I also get Marty's point. Like, yo, don't put me in that fucking match if you're not going to put the fucking belt on me. It's the same you issue, know? too. It's not just um, Marty, another guy who who has that issue, is uh, the Jeff Cobbs guy. Jeff Cobbs, because he's a guy whose contract runs out at the end of the year. And yeah. Jeff Cobb, was in the, he was in the G1 earlier this year. And his yeah, run was okay. He had a r- right. So I could tell with New Japan. Right, right. When he was part of the G1, he wasn't winning a lot of matches. 
but he wasn't losing a lot of matches either. He was just kind of a, a space. And I could tell that New Japan wanted to go all in with him because yeah. he was having like – because yeah. the way New Japan does things yeah, is usually – that, that Everyone wants to push him to the moon, but until they know but what they don't, he's going to do – Right, they're, right. They're and so when these companies like a, suspect that you're not like fully invested, they don't that, they don't yeah, push you. you know, and New, Japan, New Japan has always been like this, but now you're starting to get the sense that ROH is fucking realizing, yeah, we can't put all our eggs into one basket anymore. Like, that did not work out. Right. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> why I, I can't blame them for not putting the bet on Marty on that night in no, particular. You know what? I'll bet, I'll bet you, though, if they would have done that, Marty would have, Marty would would stay. I'll bet you, if they would have put the belt on Marty in MSG, Marty would have turned around and been like, let's put pen to paper, let's work something out. I think, I think just as much as ROH as a company is looking for a commitment from Marty, I think Marty's looking for a commitment from the company. The problem is going to be who's right. Gonna it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Right. I think they both kind of want the same thing. The problem is. Who's going to go up to who first and ask for it? It's the Gail Kim, uh, the Gail Kim loop. That's what that is. <clears throat> but I can't, whatever, no. Gail Kim. I can't stand her. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the Gail Kim loop. You know, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the issue that, you know, because we've all said it before. We've all had um, something like that before because when she was part of WWE, they treated the women's division like shit. It's like at some point in your life, you had a job that you worked at, and whether it was the management, whether it was yeah, the staff, the, the whatever, is, you were there, and the job was bad. So now you leave, and then years later, you hear this job that treated you like shit is now better, and they treat people great, and that's all well and good, but it doesn't change the fact that when you were there, it was bad. So it's one of two situations. Either Gail walks up to them and says, hey, you guys handle it much better. I would love to be a trainer, an agent, scout, on-screen talent, whatever. Or Triple H or Stephanie goes to her and say, hey, I understand that when you were here before, you weren't treated that well. You know, But the problem is neither one of them is going to make a move. Gail's not going to make a move because she feels like she's too good, and they're not going to make a move because they're like, well, we got so many talents now, we don't need her. And so since neither party makes a move, it's like how she handled shit. The way she left, and then also, she, she, I'm sorry, but Gail Kim needs to learn two things. Number one, when to keep her fucking mouth shut, and number two, her opinion is not the end all be all professional wrestling. Well, really, the advantage you know, that she has, and I don't like talking about people's personal nothing, lives or anything, the advantage that she has is, is her husband. That if you disagree with her, she plays the fucking sexist card, okay? And she claims, who gives a fuck about her husband? I, her husband, go cook me a fucking steak and shut your mouth, Robert Irvine. You know, yeah. Gail Kim's got nothing other than Gail Kim's fucking ego and and, and Gail Kim's fantasy world. Well, she's still one of the best women's wrestlers that was never treated well there, you know. But I was just bringing her up because that's what it is. That's the thing that Marty has. It's a, it's a stalemate. You yeah, know? They both They both want the other to commit, but neither one of them is going to make the move which is probably going to result in Marty um, leaving. It's a miracle he's even still there. There's certain people. I don't know about that. I think if ROH gets desperate, see, the way I've had Marty, the way people have explained Marty and ROH to me, and this isn't good either on ROH's part, because sometimes if you wait too late, I've heard ROH knows 
they can pull the trigger on Marty tomorrow and people would accept it. It's just a matter of will ROH get to a point where they can make tomorrow happen. And that if ROH gets desperate, <clears throat> I could see them all of a sudden out of nowhere putting that belt on him. Now I don't understand. Now the, it's kind of out, it's kind of stupid that you did that number one contenders tournament and you have the match set for final battle with PCO. Or what you could do is you could have Marty beat Rush somewhere along the line, and then your final battle main event is, is PCO and and Marty. You know maybe you could do that. But from what I've always heard, I've heard that for the last like six months to a year, that ROH knows they have it in their back pocket. It's just a matter of when they're going to pull it out and do it. That's what I've heard. Oh, that could that could pretty much work. Um, I personally think that it's too late for Ring of Honor as a brand. And oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're... I don't really know. I don't. I don't really know where they go from here going forward. Um, both both Impact and Ring of Honor are in a strange place, um, and I think the Impact, one of the best parts about at least Impact has something going on. Whether it works out or not remains to be seen, but at least Impact they have some buzz from this rebranding with Access TV, and you know what? Got, I mean, we we can sit here and we can shit talk Impact all day. They've done all, all types of bad things over the years, no, but we've both said it. The one thing that Impact has always done is they've on. created stars. They've got the buzz from the Access TV deal. They just put the belt on Callahan. And, oh, by the way, they're pulling the trigger on the Tesla world title storyline. Well, not just that, That's, but for better or for worse, the thing that Impact has always done is they create stars. You know, they've always yeah. done that. They create stars. Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor has, they stopped. You know, they, they, they the last time. The, the way, and not to pin it on the elite guys because it's unfair. But oh, no, no, this got nothing to do with them. This got nothing to do with them. They were doing this, they were, they, they were doing the this in 2016. Right, but what, what's the wrong Somewhere along the way, ROH stopped investing in in who you are and became more invested in who they were. In the sense of, yeah, pretty I don't much. need to make Christopher F. the new star. I'm Ring of Honor. People will come here because we're Ring of Honor, and that's not how it works. We're talking, and it's, it's, uh, it's 2019, and I still feel like in 2019, like, they still haven't recovered from the lethal stuff after after when when lethal was champion for that long reign like that was it like that was their chance to transition yep. into to become the number two how many times did you and i sit there how many times did you and i sit there after a reign on our pay-per-view fuck who's gonna beat him who is who's right. gonna take and then it ended up and no but it ended up being cold people like it was like really like after all this you you know, and this is not a knock on Cole, but after all this, you you went back to Cole? Like, right. You know, God love me for staying there. I know they kind of turned him heel in the UK, and then he got hurt. He broke his hand. You know, God love Jay Lethal, and God love Jay Lethal for everything else he had to deal with this week. Right. I mean, if there's a guy 
you ever want to sit there and see ROH, not because you want to see ROH get rid of him, but if there was ever a time for ROH, just say, listen, Jay, you want to go see what's out there, go. Let us know, and we'll do what we got to do for you. Like, I feel like Lethal, <coughs> I feel at this point Lethal deserves that. Let him go. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, let him go. You know, give him. Yeah, but they they they, they never recovered from um they they yeah, have never recovered from that post 2016 period. Yep, and let you him know. talk to both of them and let him make his own decision and then fight him. You know, and he deserves it. He really does. He really deserves it. You know, it's a shame what they're doing to him. It, it really is. You know, he deserves. You know, but I mean, I mean, also give him credit for being loyal and wanting to stick it out. But you know, mm-hmm. goddamn, if there's a guy that deserves better, it's it's legal. It, it really is. You know, Pretty much, you know, cause I really I said is. it myself when I saw him defend the uh, when I saw him defend the Ring of Honor Championship at Wrestle Kingdom against Michael Elgin, another Ring of Honor guy that Ring of Honor missed yeah. out on. Uh, but after after he defended the belt against Elgin. At Wrestle Kingdom, I remember sitting there and I was like, "That's it. Like, you defended your title at the Tokyo Dome and the second biggest show of the year. Like, if Madison Square Garden is the biggest arena, the most famous arena in the U.S., then Tokyo Dome is the most famous arena internationally. If you've performed." Regardless of what it is, if if you've made a match in a Tokyo, if you're an indie wrestler, if you're a non-contracted wrestler of WWE and you wrestle in a Tokyo Dome, there's nothing left. So after after he beat Elgin, I was like, that's it. Like, yep. he's going to lose the belt to someone. And, you know, obviously AEW wasn't a thing back then. And right. some people are made for New Japan and some aren't, and he's not made for New Japan. So I was like, okay, this is it. He's going to go to NXT. And then Ring of Honor will build on their next guy. And at the time, I thought it would be Don Castle or someone like that. And instead, he lost to Cole. And I was like, okay, well, he's feuding with Kyle O'Reilly. So this is going to lead to Kyle O'Reilly getting the big win, which is how it happened. But then Kyle signed with WWE. And then he dropped it right back to Adam Cole, and it was like. Was Cole huh. signed yet? Was Cole? I mean, was O'Reilly signed yet? Kyle, Kyle signed first that. because. Kyle signed no, first because he, signed, he lost. I know he signed first because he did some. He lost he to Cole. Some matches. Right. Was he, he lost. When he lost to Cole. All I know is I, it was weird I, because when he lost I to Cole, that like Kyle, that was it. He he made a few like live event appearances, but like as far as Ring of Honor TV is concerned, that was it. And then Bobby Fish yeah. just fucking disappeared off TV. So you knew something was up because normally the re- Ring the of Honor Ring likes of Honor, to do the, the real Ring of Honor television champion Bobby Fish. Come get your autographs. <laughs> right, right, right. Because normally with Ring of Honor, how they do it is they'll give you that one last send-off, that one last yep. match, that one last... The only one who really got it was Cole. Like, when Omega kicked him out and put Marty in, 
You know, they did that segment where the lights yeah. went out and then Marty, you know, hit him. Like, they, they did give Cole a every, send-off. Yeah, but every story needs a hero and a, and a villain. Yeah. Right, but uh, but Kyle, Kyle just, like, he disappeared, and so did Bobby. Yep. Neither one of them got a send-off. Roddy, uh, he did get a send-off, but it was on a regular uh, TV taping. It wasn't on a pay-per-view or anything, I believe. Right. I, I think he I think he fought – Um, who did he fight? It was uh, – what's his name? The, the other guy who's still there, uh, Silas. Silas. I think he fought Silas Young, and then Silas beat him. And then the fans were yeah. throwing in, you know, the, the, uh, the confetti because they knew Roddy was leaving. So Roddy mm-hmm. left, and then, um, you know, they were pushing Moose. You know they were pushing Moose, oh, and uh, they, yeah. they ha- he 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 had an undefeated streak, and then he left, and uh, I'll stand my ground like they were pushing him hard. Had he stayed, they would have put the belt on him. Yeah, um, yeah but he, he but he left. The other day. He the right, he day. left, and then um, they they put Cedric with uh, with Zeta Scott. They turned Cedric heel, which admittedly wasn't for him. They were just experimenting, but um, they pushed Cedric for a bit, and then Cedric. Very quietly left. Uh, he very quietly mm-hmm. left. Then they they finally pushed Dalton, but then when they pushed him, by that point it didn't matter because his back. It was too late, and his back had issues. Um, the Briscoes are still there, but they've done everything they can do with Ring of Honor at this point. So yeah. the few times the Briscoes would work New Japan or NWA, it was cool because because. Um, like when when the Briscoes did their uh, they were doing like the internet feud with the Gorillas of Destiny and that was cool because it was refreshing seeing the Briscoes outside of Ring of Honor doing something mm-hmm. else that showed me that there is interest with the Briscoes that that shows me that a lot of fans they it's not that they're tired of the Briscoes it's not that they're over the Briscoes they just want they to see, them, want to see them somewhere else. Yeah. Right, right, because they had done everything they could do in Ring of Honor. So the Gorillas of Destiny feud was cool because that meant the Briscoes had to go to New Japan. And then when they made the cameo at NWA, that was cool, and they totally fit in in the NWA. I thought the NWA was going to swoop them up, but I guess Ring of Honor threw them more money, and Briscoes, you know, they stayed. So um, I'm I'm pretty much with you. Like, Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, Ring of Honor just needs to just let them do whatever they want. Um, but they're pretty much the only people I still keep up with. I mean, I know Marty's there, but I haven't really paid attention to Marty because I just know it's just a matter of time before he gets out of there. You, you, you know, and, uh, you know and, why? I, I won't even lie to you. You know why I still – and I, I like Marty. I do. I'm, I'm at that point. You know where I'm at with Marty right now? I want to see how they're booking him because I want to see what's coming. You know, mm. you know how are they positioning him? You know, and, you know, is that going to work or, you know, eh, the writing's on the wall. That's why I look at with Marty. That, that's why, that's how I look at stuff with Marty is, you know, what's the bigger picture of what they're doing with him? That, that, you know, you know, it's not that I'm not interested, but it's just, this is the situation right now. And this is what I'm interested in. I want to see, you know, where does two plus two lead, you know? All right. Okay. So, um, you know, that's it for, um, you know, AEW and all that stuff. Um, I don't really have anything uh, to add for NXT. There's really not much for me to say. Everything's kind of self-explanatory right now. Um, you know, their TV episodes are good. Um, 
they still need to do more promos and backstage segments, but... Well, to me, Full Sail isn't the problem. The, the, the problem to me is they're not trying to tell anyone who these people are. That's the problem for me. You know why the problem is, Full Sail? And it's the same reason why years ago I said the impact one was the problem. If the same five people like you, you're going to come off like a million bucks. The problem is what happens when the other 999,995 people do it. Right, and that's the risk. But for the most part, like if you look at who's being pushed right now, and who's being featured. For the most part, NXT has a good finger. Like, there's no one really, like, when you watch NXT, it's very, really, like, uh, you know, you know, it's, you know, whereas with Impact, you could see that's not going to work if they ever toured it. And even with the early versions of NXT, like Adam Rose and Bull Dallas, yeah, those acts worked there. But they're not gonna. Are they really gonna work in Mississippi? You know, like that's what I said about the vaudevillains back then. I always thought the vaudevillains was a niche gimmick that worked in front of that crowd. I knew it was not gonna work on the main roster. So, um, you know, it's it's a very scary prospect because to to TNA's credit, they did try. They went on the road. They went to a lot of places, and a lot of the acts that they had, I remember many acts they had, were over and other areas, and then some of the acts that I thought would be over weren't over. Uh, I, I yeah, remember there's, there's a difference Austin. Between, there's a difference between, okay, you, you you hit in this area, but you miss in this town. That's going to happen. The problem right. is when you're missing in every town. That's the problem. You know, and, and that the only, the had. only, the only issue I, I have really with NXT is the the full sale thing. That's that to me. That's just a minor thing. My my issue with NXT, and like I said, AEW is guilty of it too. But in my opinion, AEW is doing a little bit more to get away from it. I don't care how good wrestling is. Wrestling doesn't sell. Characters sell. I don't see any characters in NXT. I can count on my hand how many characters. Where are the characters at? And my problem with NXT is it's like the brand currently as it is, it's like self-aware of the fact that there are no characters and they're taking it. And it's like they're embracing it. And I don't think that's a good business model. People are not – a casual is not going to take two hours out of their day to watch a show that has good wrestling. They can go on YouTube or Daily Motion. Like unless there's a strong character that just – oozes charisma off the TV screen, they're not going to get that. And like I said, AEW is guilty the of it, too. The problem is he's hurt right now. The problem is he's You're going to need more Absolutely. than just Velveteen, John. You're going to need a combination oh, yeah, of characters. Know, there's, there's your guy that starts the process of it. That's what it is. And, right. You know, listen, right, you're, right. you're not going to return Finn Balor into a character. You're not. At the end of the day, Balor's going to be Balor. Chompa's going to be Chompa. The UE guys are going to be the UE guys. Um, right. you know, it's, it's, it's on dream to a degree, even it's on riddle, you know, it's, it's on some of the more secondary guys. 
I, I see no, it in Riddle. You, Some people don't see it, but I see it in Riddle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's on Riddle. It's on it's on some of those level type guys to, right. you know, it's even on a guy like Killian Dane, you know, to come off like this big, Somewhat. you know, bruising monster type guy. It's even on Damian Priest, you know, you know, I mean, I know he's in his infant stages, but right. that's who these, that's who this responsibility is going to fall onto. It's not going to fall onto, you know, Cole or Champa. But you know what? You get a, a small little extension of it with the fact that Kyle O'Reilly all of a sudden developed a personality when he came back to the United States after New Japan. I mean, who would have thought Hollywood Kyle O'Reilly would be a thing watching him in Ring of Honor, <laughs> you know? I mean, right. <laughs> you know, so they've got, you know, the thing, you're not going to get it up top. And if you really think about it, you know, even AEW, is Cody really a character? No. But you know who is a character? Dustin is. Um, you know, the Lucha Express guys are. So you don't right. necessarily keep them up top. Is Jericho really a character, or is Jericho just the culmination of 25-plus years in the business and him being this douchebag, self-absorbed, you know, quote-unquote wrestling god who's also the champion of the company who eventually you want to see get your ass kicked. I mean Jericho more that way. Is Moxley a character? To a degree. You know, is Yeah, Pac yeah, to a degree, to an extent. Yeah. You know, is Pac really a character? No, he's just some fucking miserable fucking Welch guy, you know? But you've got the guys to balance it out, and that's what NXT needs, you know. And the quicker they can get Dream back into the fold, I think guys like like we talked about, like Riddle, you know, Dean, um, you know, uh, Priest, those guys can slide back down because it's, Pete Dunn's not a character. Pete Dunne's just a guy that's going to punch you in the mouth and, you know, break your fingers, you know? Yeah, pretty much. You got to get your balance. You know, I feel like the women in NXT are more character balanced than the men. Like, you've got the Which team. Kinda kinda, yeah, that's kind of counterproductive now that I think about it, but, yeah. You know, you've got, you've got Bianca. You've got Rhea. You've got Shayna. There's characters attached to to that. (laughs) Um, Candace, you know, low. The women, I think, have it more fine-tuned than they do with the men, if that makes any sense. Mm. And the ironic part is they probably just lost two of the best, well, let me rephrase that, not two of the best, but one of the best character acts by taking the street profits and putting them on Raw. Right, that was a big concern for me because they were getting the right. best reaction to a lot of casuals and that don't watch any profits are going to put a print money on, on Raw. Heyman loves them. As long as no one fucks with Heyman with them, street profits are going to print money. That's why I saw people bitching and moaning yesterday. Oh, how'd you have the Viking Raiders lose the tag game thing? 
So Gallows and Anderson win. They beat the tag champs to win. That creates a feud. And then, oh, if Gallows and Anderson win the tag belt, well, who are Gallows and Anderson also kind of quietly feuding with? Oh, the Street Profits. So now you've just got another tag title feud. That's pretty much what she said. As, as long as, I mean, I know Vince has final say for everything, but as long as he just lets Heyman do this thing with tag teams, like, they'll be all right. So, yeah. um, you know, you know? It, it is what it is with Vince. You know, Vince either, you know, Vince is either like, Vince is either like, you know, let's do something with the tag teams, or he's like, I'm going to shit about him. You know, that's just how he is. Yeah. It's 50-50. I mean, and, I mean, you know, one of the things that I've always explained. crazy ECW was back in the day. But look at what ECW had. The Pitbulls, the Gangsters. Uh, RVD and Sabu, the Dudley, right. Public Enemy, um, you know, sometimes a combination out of the triple threat. They would still, for all the batshit craziness, you still had your you still Heyman still had a solid tag team division in ECW. Right, you and know? of course he had a good tag division, you know, during the early SmackDown days as well. So, unfortunately, you know, and I've, I've explained this to fans, you know, um, especially down here, um, and, you know, because I'm, I'm in the South, and it's kind of one of those touchy subjects down here. One of the biggest sort of like, what the fuck was that, was, uh, was Crime Time, because I know Crime Time was like one of the more over teams, and they never won a belt. Yeah. And I've always had to explain to fans that's because during that period, that was unfortunately during that dreaded, I forgot what years those were, it was like, 2009, No, no. They were 06. No, I mean, they were around for a while, but there was a particular period where it was oh, literally yeah. like they were the only legit real team. It was like a bunch of makeshift yeah. teams. It was like Crime Time, Santino and Kozlov, yeah. Cody and Drew McIntyre. And it was like, it was, a per- it was this weird period where like yeah. everybody was tag team champions except them. Yeah. And the one yeah. moment where it seemed like they were really going to win, I remember, that I, I think one time they had a match with Jericho, and it was like, this is it, they're going to win no, the belt Legacy. there. And then they did. And they, Legacy. They were, yeah, it was the only Legacy. They Legacy. Were with, they were with, they were indirectly with Cena for a little bit. No, I'm sorry, it was 08, because they were with Cena against right. Legacy. Before they were Legacy, and I think JBL and Rose yeah, and DiBiase, they weren't Legacy yet, but Rose and DiBiase were a team. They were the tag champs, and I think they feuded with Crime Time, and they had a match, and then Rose and DiBiase just beat them, and it was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunately that was just during one of those periods where Vince was just like, he just didn't care about the tag teams. And, and I remember, mm-hmm. like, in 2010, and 2010, I remember, legit, the only tag teams, real tag teams, was the New Heart Foundation and the Usos. But neither one of those were really established yet. And that was it. So, um, it's just, that's just Vince. Um, tag team history has a better track record on SmackDown, historically. But since Heyman's part of the creative staff of Raw, I'm more hopeful that at the very least Vince will just let Heyman do his thing with tag teams. You know, I could totally see Vince be like, well, 
let me get a few suggestions here and there on other stuff like the woman stuff or the universal title stuff, but I could totally see Vince just giving Heyman, like, you can do whatever you want with the tag teams or, or something. So, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Gallows and Anderson, them getting a pin off of War Machine, because that's what I'm going to call them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not calling them War Raiders. I'm going to call them War Machine, because okay, that's hang their on name. SmackDown set for surprises with WWE roster delayed returning from Saudi Arabia. Da, 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 da. Yeah. All right. So some of them are still stuck over there, right? Yeah. But WWE yeah. is saying there's going to be some surprises tonight, I guess, to fill. And then I'm trying to Probably see some... it, but apparently, apparently something's going on with Ring of Honor. I'm seeing some stuff trying to find out what. I'm seeing a lot of, wow, this Ring of Honor situation is unfortunate. Um, can't believe what management's doing, but I'm trying to see exactly what it is. Um, what the well, What's going on, Ring of Honor? What is going on? Let's see. See, what's this thing Jay just posted? Yeah. Yeah, can't seem to find it. Oh, it's something about somebody in Jim Cornette. Motherfucker! <laughs> Jim. I love Jim, but he needs to humble yep. himself sometimes. Still love him. No idea. Oh, Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury quits Ring of Honor, goes to Twitter to tell all. Okay, so Joey Mercury quit Ring of Honor. Isn't he like an agent or something? Yeah. That's what I'm seeing on Twitter. Apparently he just quit Ring of Honor, and he's ranting about it on Twitter. Something like that. I guess he's, you know, must be one of those kiss and tail situations. Um, he was an agent trainer, has passion, blah, blah, blah. Below are some of his tweets. Blah, blah, blah. So basically he quit and he's sort of like just. Okay, something. All right. If you, quote, unquote, heard something about me and you know me, then use the hand machine and move the thumb on my hand and type. What, wait, what? Hmm. I'm sure Meltzer will probably talk about this later today. Uh, Alvarez isn't good with them, so. Or what I meant to say is uh, Alvarez knows a lot of folks down in Ring of Honor, so. Okay. Yes, you've been interfering for a while. Hyatt shows for a while. People send me pictures. I do not but stick up for you and skipping shows. You're in time with how as you can get there is a breach of con. All right. So apparently. It's turning into. I guess they're claiming uh, uh, there's a lot, but apparently shit's going down. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, sh- sh- apparently something went down. It looks like maybe from some of that actually. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I can't. Where, where, 
where but is it looks uh, like where, where is hang on okay Joey Mer- okay Joey Mercury calls out ROHGM Greg Gilliand over talent issues let's see what this is Joey Mercury last night she was wrong has quite a bit to say about it they made Kelly Klein work in South Africa despite having a concussion. Slow response to Jay Leto breaking his arm as well as Jeff Cobb. Um, Alex Shelley oh, one of those kind trainer of helping flip elbow, re- reset his elbow, not resigning Shane Taylor, having zero concussion protocol. Uh, I choose all employment over doing the only thing I've ever done because I've never I just can't work for someone who knows not of the matter at hand but makes decisions but isn't villain enough not to be there when anybody else is hurt. BJ Whitmer from someone that actually worked in that office with Greg Gillinan, everything Joey is saying is 100% true. Kelly Klein, we had someone who wanted to do that and tried to. I love Ring of Honor and I want being allowed to make it better. I'm scared if I get. Yeah, Kelly Klein's kind of. Well, I know one guy there who's not liked. Yeah. Uh, I know he, uh, I know he's been there for a while, and he's one of those dudes that uh, people respect. And it's one of those situations where a lot of folks disagree with him, but no one dis- no one openly challenges him out of respect. Just that delirious guy. I don't exactly know what he's in charge yeah. of. I don't know if he's an agent or a writer or what. But hmm. What's that? Wasn't he? Wasn't he like head of creative for a while? Yeah, yeah. Some of his creative stuff was um is is not good because there have been there have been I, w- I won't say a large number. There have been there has been a moderate number of Ring of Honor stars, and, and I mean this in a in a respectful way because in a, in a way professional wrestlers are a lot like actors. You know, an actor or an actress can only be as good as the material that they are given by their respective directors. There are certain wrestlers who showed zero personality in Ring of Honor, and I mean this in a respectful way because I'm not saying that they're boring, but there are some wrestlers who showed no personality in Ring of Honor, but then when I saw them elsewhere, it was like, where was this person at? And the three that really stand out to me is Michael Elgin, Kyle O'Reilly, and um, you just mentioned him. Definitely O'Reilly. And um, the the Punishment Martinez guy, I don't know his NXT name. Damien? Yeah. Yeah, Damien Priest, yeah. Elgin showed showed way more personality in New Japan. I haven't checked out his impact work, but I've heard positive stuff from people who have seen his impact work. Um, Yeah. uh, and Kyle O'Reilly, when the he only, was when he was part of Ring of Honor, impact, the only problem with his impact work is they put him in a big feud with Cage right off the bat. But again, it was a case of you knew Sammy was the end game, so it was like why why put him in that feud when there's no chance he's going to win the title because right. 
you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting the belt to him. That's what it was. I mean, that's not Elgin's fault. That, that was what it was. You know, now he's been working. He worked a couple of good matches with this Japanese guy that Impact brought in. Forget his name, but the matches were really good. Was it a was it a was it a Marifuji? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's from um he's from Noah, I think. I think he was from Noah. So he was never really in like New Japan. But um Okay. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned Kyle Rowley because when Kyle Rowley was in Ring of Honor, Bobby Fish was like the he was the one that had the personality and Kyle Rowley was like kind of a shooter. And yeah, NXT and 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 NXT yeah. like he does yeah. he does like the the guitar thing like he 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 he, he kind of makes me laugh sometimes. He's, I remember like one time. Really. Yeah, I, I forgot exactly like what takeover it was. One of those takeovers, he came out and he was like he was literally like doing the Hollywood Hogan thing where he was like channeling a guitar in the belt. And I was like, where was this dude in Ring of Honor? I've yeah. never seen this before. I was giggling. Even his, so. even his selling, even his selling is. Just awesome. Like there was one. I, it was. I guess when they were working, maybe a year or two ago, he does the spot where he goes to hit somebody with the chair. The guy ducks, so he ends up hitting the ropes. The chair bounces back, and he sells that thing bouncing back on him like he got shot by JFK, man. He he was just he's he's awesome. Yep. Um, when is um when is War Games? When is their next show? It's in a couple. When is it? I think it's Thanksgiving weekend. No, it's Survivor Series weekend. And I think Survivor oh. Series. Let me look at the calendar. I think it's. I think it's the 23rd. I think. All right, so that's still a ways off. Okay. So. Yeah, but you know what? Um, you know, besides that, the fact that they're going to be featured on Survivor Series is, is just going to be awesome. You know. Um, I don't think – I know a lot of people were panicking yesterday, assuming everything was just going to be triple threat. I don't want to say I don't think. I hope that's not the case. I'd rather see – just sprinkle everything. Have a wall guy face a NXT guy. Have an NXT guy face a SmackDown guy. Have a SmackDown guy face a Raw guy. And then do something like the end of the night. Whoever has the most wins is the brand that wins. You know, don't do this. Oh well, it's got to be Lesnar, Wyatt, and Cole. Oh, it's got to be Shayna, Bailey, and Becky. It, 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 could, it could also just be an NXT person versus an NXT person on a WWE stage. They could well, do that. Kind of do, I, I don't think they'll do that because the kind of theme is brand supremacy. They were kind of jumping at that again yesterday during the promo, so I don't think it will be just that. You know, I think it's well, be- what I'm curious about more than anything, and maybe this is just me, I don't, I don't think this is a reasonable, I don't think this is unreasonable at all, because if if they're trying to say that NXT is a brand, then wouldn't that mean that you could win the Royal Rumble and challenge for the NXT title? Because mm-hmm. that's how it worked yeah. with the EC. I mean, they never did it with ECW. Right. But yeah, I remember so in the beginning. The Royal Rumble and even Money in the Bank. I think Punk was someone from ECW was in one of the Money in the Bank matches. And it was like, okay, well, they could challenge for 
the ECW right. title. They, wouldn't want they, to they did have a count. Like when, when Taker won, he showed up on ECW too to tease Lashley. Yeah. So, yeah, and I remember so when if, Taker made, and when, and you're right, and when Taker made the, the, the decision, Lashley was Lashley there. was in the ring. Right, so that's kind of what, depending who you talk to, whether it's, some might say it's a good thing, some might say it's a bad thing. So that means technically, since it's going to be a brand, if they want to, if they want to go that route, that means a Royal Rumble winner or a Money in the Bank winner could cash in on a yeah. NXT champion if yep. they really want to go that route. They could do that. Um, that's I can see the, that that's, more with a Money in the Bank, obviously. I, I don't know if I could really see that with a Rumble because at the end of the day, the Rumble is more about mania. And, you know, say what you will, but the NXT title is not going to get anywhere near the main event of WrestleMania. But I can definitely see right, that. Right, and speaking of that, this is the thing that I'm kind of confused with. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't care about Johnny Gargano, but he says he's an NXT lifer. All right, fine. Yeah. And Champa wants to stay in NXT too. Okay. Yeah. Fine. But what confuses me is, so you mean to tell me some of these folks that are NXT lifers, or claim to be, so you're telling me that they're content with never working a Mania, or a SummerSlam? Because I don't buy that. Uh, at all. I think eventually. Here, here's what I think, and I, I kind of sat on this for a little while, but I think eventually that has to be addressed. If, if you're saying on right. one sentence, NXT is its third brand. Okay. It's not developmental anymore. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the third brand of WWE. Okay, fine. I'm not here to debate the what NXT should or shouldn't be right now. But if that's the case, TakeOver is nice and everything, but I want my NXT matches, like you just said, at SummerSlam, at WrestleMania, at Survivor Series. Yeah, you, know what should, you know what they should do this year for Survivor Series? Instead of doing this grand supremacy thing, they should do what they did in 2006 when they teamed up guys from Raw, SmackDown, and ECW in the elimination matches. I thought that was great. The fact that one year you had oh yeah, I remember that. from Raw, the Hardys from SmackDown, and CM Punk from ECW. That was great. And then you had Rated RKO, you had Morrison, I think you had Miz, and you had Mike Knox. That's a match. You mean to tell me you can't take <laughs> and maybe because of Undisputed Era, it's a little hard. But you need to tell me you can't take Rusev, Pete Dunne, Roman, and whatever, two other guys, and have them face Lashley, Killian Dane, Corbin, and two other guys, and integrate everybody in together. You're going to tell me you can't do that? They can do that, but if they do, they're going to have to do what they used to do. I used to love those. Uh, Nate used to send them to me all the time, those old face-to-face things they did, like, in the early 90s, where they would have, like, like uh, what was it? It was, like, who, who was it? It was The Undertaker, The Ultimate Warrior, and The Boss Man against Nails, uh... Ted DiBiase and oh, so one other person. You would, but, want, 
you would want like an actual special. Well, what I'm saying is when they did those face to faces, it was they, they would do like these cool vignettes. They were like two minutes, yeah. where like all of them were yeah. there, and they would all like just cut like a short oh, yeah. thirty second promo. You know, yeah. you, you would have to do that. You know. I don't know about that. It's mean, Survivor nice, Series. But That's the, yeah. the Survivor Series. They always do those. There's always a backstage yeah. promo of the teams. You know, one of my favorite That's memories. One what of my, what, what oh, favorite memories oh, of Survivor Series was. Listen, let's address the elephant in the room. We all know what I am. I'm Canadian. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That's my favorite <laughs> one. That's my favorite one right there. That was great. And ironically, Christian was from ECW. <laughs> he was he was in ECW that one, that Let's one time it. too. So. I'm Canadian. Uh, but no, I'm not against the idea of uh, them adding NXT. Uh, if this is what it takes for Survivor Series to feel like a big show again, then I'm all for it. Because you know, one of my biggest uh, pet peeves is a lot of younger Dude, fans. Unfortunately, they just they just view Survivor Series as a filler. I don't understand why mm-hmm. they stopped doing it. But dude, even what they did in 1990 with that final Survivor match, I think I think that was, I think that's such a great right. You know, even, I think even what they did even do what they did in 95 with the wild card where you had Mike Yeah, Lincoln, I was about to mention that. I, I think one of the most lost things about WWE is I think that WWE completely <laughs> forgot that, yeah, you make stars at Mania, you make stars at Rumble, but they used to make stars off Survivor Series, too. Yep. And they just totally forgot that. And you used to I think that. You used to always loosely get that one angle at Survivor Series that would come back for Mania. That's right. what that's what you used to get, and and they've gotten away from that as well. Like you used to get that one thing, and it might not have been the biggest thing in the world. You know, they weren't always going to be Lesnar Goldberg on stage confronting each other. You always got this one story, this one thing that would happen at the market, and then all of a sudden it would circle back for Mania. Right. You know so what else people start with- doing too? This is. This is another thing they did, too. They need to stop doing this. One of the things that WWE needs to stop doing, and I want to see what AEW does going forward, because if AEW catches on to this, then I'm going to be like, yeah, Tony really gets it. Because WCW did this, too. And WWE used to do it, but they stopped. WWE has this mentality where a title, uh, the world title or whatever, has to be defended. Every pay-per-view, and I remember as a kid, there were not not often, but there were a few times where a world champion was in a Survivor Series elimination match. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like the one, yeah, like the one that, uh, yeah, or or in more. Well, I was going to say recent years and in, in the 2000s, the the year that Eddie passed away. You know, Batista was on Team SmackDown. Yep. Uh, I remember when uh, when Brock was champion, he was on a team, and I feel like 
Right, and I feel like in recent years, they don't do that anymore. They they either do these champion versus champion matches or a champion just defends their belt against somebody. And I feel like if you have a champion in a Survivor Series elimination match, the advantage of that is you have a champion with a team. And if that champion is pinned by somebody else, it's a great... Right, right, because this fall season has always been viewed by many fans as filler, and historically, titles rarely change hands during... You know what the problem is? That the reason why they've gotten too comfortable with this whole champion versus champion thing, and you're right, they should do stuff like that. I don't know if you could do that with this current crop of champions. Yeah, not this current crop, but... um, Who's pinning Wyatt? But you're right. The problem is now... It bought them an extra month of whatever the title feud was. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I'll bet you, as long as knock on wood, they don't pull anything bullshit and batshit crazy tonight on SmackDown or Monday on Raw with Wyatt holding the title. I'll bet you December will be the Wyatt Robbins rematch at whatever that is, TLC or whatever. Whereas, See, here's what they need to do. Some people are saying, like, uh, what do we do with um, with uh, with Bray? To me, the solution is easy. You, you know, we we talked about this uh, two or three weeks ago. All they got to do is just go to Joseph Park route. You have the demon the pro- the on Raw. I'm, I'm sorry, the fiend on Raw and and Bray on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. Is, not as great as that would be. The problem is. They put their foot in their mouth at the draft and said Wyatt and the Fiend are on SmackDown. And the problem. Well, typically is, speaking, if if you win the title, then doesn't that make you the brand? Because I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about them, but what when, what's always forgotten is when when Oscar and Carrie got drafted to Raw. See, this is this is one of the good things they actually did this year with the draft. They actually had people talk about this. Again, I think it was Dio, just like it was Dio with Lesnar. Dio said, not only did we draft the top, no, we drafted the women's tag champions, but the best part about it is if they ever lose the titles, they're, they're, full, they're fully on Raw. So you're right. They could probably go that route where, said, where the title See. is on Raw, but whenever he eventually loses the title, He's on SmackDown. See, the one thing that I remember, and I mean, this is just, I don't i don't consider this to be an obscure memory. It's just one of those things, unfortunately, that people don't talk about. Everybody remembers that, you know, Chris Benoit was the champion. But what people forget is he was a SmackDown guy. So when he won title at Mania, he quietly went to Raw. And that was it. No, you're wrong. He was a SmackDown guy. He wasn't Raw. He was SmackDown. You're right about that part. Thomas, he moved to Raw full-time when he won the Rumble, not after he won the title. So when he won the Rumble, he was considered a Raw guy? When he won the Rumble, no. This is what they did. They did, and this was a little bit creative at the time. They did this thing where Michaels was like live it because like the rumble match went would it go to that draw or something or they both didn't get up at the yeah it was, a, it was a last man standing draw like let's go we're signing the contract i want a rematch at wrestlemania 
And then they had that whole big segment with Michaels and, and Triple H. And it looked like that's what they were going to do. Because one of Benoit's last appearances on SmackDown, he got passed out by Lesnar. And remember, it was Heyman that made Benoit number one in the Rumble. So there was actually, while there were rumors that they were going to do the Benoit thing on Raw, it was like, okay, well, obviously the Benoit SmackDown stuff is leading to Benoit beating Lesnar. So they did this thing, and the segment went on probably for like two, three minutes, whatever. And then right when they were, I think they were about to say, fine, it's on, whatever, Austin comes out. And he's like, don't get excited yet, because I got, I got something to tell you. Someone else is, is getting the title match at Mania. And Benoit came out. And I forget the promo, but Benoit was like, yeah, I, I'm taking the world title from you at WrestleMania. And from that point on, Benoit was constantly on Raw because he chose Triple H. It wasn't okay, well, he won the title. Yeah, the only bad thing about it was they never addressed the fact of why wouldn't Benoit want revenge against Lesnar. Like, he never even mentioned, like, oh, I'm going to let Bill Goldberg kick Brock Lesnar's ass. He never even said that. They just never addressed the fact that Benoit and Lesnar tapped him on, like, a life submission. It was, like, the weirdest thing. You know, it was the type of thing where, like, Benoit frustrated after, like, it was the type of thing where they would normally lead to eventually the rematch and Benoit winning. They never addressed right. that, and they never addressed the fact that, see, Paul Heyman, you made me number one, but I overcame everything you threw at me, you know, and I won the Rumble, because the whole story was Ben Heyman made Benoit one in the Rumble, because he didn't want Benoit to get another shot at Lesnar. That's the part. For as good as the build to the triple threat was, they actually did a shitty job in leaving that stuff hanging, you know. But, yeah, Benoit, the minute he announced he was going for the title, was a member of Raw. I, I've seen some funky theories. I, I feel like, uh, since you mentioned thing, that, one of the things that they really got to make up their mind on, um, one of the main reasons why the, the draft is just so, yeah, now is – they have been completely, and again, like we're in, we're in. This is November first, so this isn't going to be an issue for another three months. They have been very inconsistent with their Royal Rumble fallout because how it was always interpreted was if you won the Rumble, you would make oh a decision God. on on on, oh, on no, what, what happened. No, no. WWE hired Ryan Saturn. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. So that's unfortunate for backstage. Um, you know, a lot of people are not going to watch backstage because he's going to be a part of it. So that's not smart at all, actually. So, but, um, hey, look on the bright side. I mean, this just confirms what we already knew. The cuck obsession continues because we know he's a cuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, 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 he like, shields their stuff all the time on Twitter. I blocked him, and I don't block many people, and I did block him. So, and uh, I don't respect cucks anyway. So, um, it is what it is. WWE likes to hire people that shield for them, and you got to be careful of those shields because, I mean, I get it. You work for WWE. you got to say positive stuff. I totally get that, but don't, don't say stuff 
that insults your fans, probably the the and and I know this is just a minor thing, but probably the the worst like this is a a huge fiasco that could have been so much worse was uh the Rosenberg guy. You know, we all Jay and myself we joke mm-hmm. refer to him as Cuckenberg because he's a he's a cuck too. Um, when they did that uh oh, they're him Fox. and they're saying Fox hired him, not WWE. Okay, then he yeah, works for yeah, Fox. Yeah, that won't last long. Yeah, that won't right, last right. long because of what happened with Sasha. Um, right. Oh yeah, one thing left. Right. One thing that's gone under the rug tonight is we might be getting the CM Punk announcement. Well, again, if, again, if Punk will be working for Fox though, so that's awkward. Really awkward, but not not for Punk. For WWE, it's awkward, but you know. So, I just think that going forward, what what definitely needs to change is, like like you said, even if you have to to pay someone, you know, when you have these 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 sports center segments and stuff, like mm-hmm. even if you're paying them or if you have to give them a cue card, have these sports center guys mention present day guys, you know, have yeah. them mention a Seth Rollins, have them mention an AJ Styles. These sports center guys, is well, big, I, I know little, that look. This week was a little better on the NFL stuff. Um, yeah. You know, because they have this graphic up, so they're pretty much just listing everybody on the graphic, whereas they're not just letting these guys really, you know, oh, when I was five, I loved, you know, right. I loved what you call it, um, you know, Dusty Rhodes. You know. Um, what, what I was saying before you mentioned the uh, – um, the Ryan Satin thing is one thing that they need to do if they're really serious about the draft. They used to do this a lot in the original draft, but since they brought it back in 2016, they've been very inconsistent with it. When you win a Rumble, you're given a choice to challenge a champion of your choice. And what they did in the original brand split was they milked it. You know, they never gave you a. I mean, obviously, you had to choose. Before Mania, obviously, because we got to build a match. But for a lot of those Rumble victories in 02, 03, well, I, now I 02, see them, 03, 04, 05. They, for Mania. I want to see them tease right, into right. Mania. They, right, they've been inconsistent with that. Like when, when Nakamura and Asuka, well, not Asuka, when Nakamura won, they just asked them point blank, I want AJ. Okay, so on that, that, on that particular. That made sense, though. Because right, but what I'm saying is by, by doing it that way, they're basically they, they kind of like enforce this rule that you have to make a choice at that moment. And then the next year, they didn't do that. Like, it's, it's inconsistent. So if you're serious well, about no, this Rollins brand did stuff. Do it. Rollins did do it. Oh, yeah, right. Rollins. Yeah, they had Daniel Bryan on the Rumble. That's right. Night right. Rumble. So if they're, right. if they're serious about this brand stuff, then they have to milk it. You know, not not to the very last well, minute, I, I but you have to build it. Thing, that will be the one good thing with Fox and USA more involved. I, you know, you got to remember at the end of the day, you know, a lot of it, especially for the last couple of years, stems from the fact that <clears throat> they were both on USA, and then even before that, SmackDown was on Sci-Fi, which was owned by NBC Universal. So for a long time, that show was under the same umbrella, you know. So you had no 
NBC Universal didn't care who was on Raw tonight, who was on SmackDown tomorrow night. It was whatever, it's all in the umbrella. Now that you've got Fox saying, listen, we want specifically A, B, and C on our network, and USA saying, well, fuck that. We want D, E, and F exclusively on our network. I think you got a little more, you're going to see a little more strictness to holding this thing accountable. Now, as I say that, I have to say, being that it looks like the situation is pretty shitty for tonight, I don't need to be called out at 10 o'clock tonight and be like, see, John, five guys from Raw showed up on SmackDown tonight. The brand splits are ready to right. go. Tonight is going to be, let's be honest, I think we can all be fair we can all be honest and say this, tonight is going to be more of a unique one-off situation. Okay. And it, I, it doesn't mean that, oh, after two weeks, but look, the draft doesn't mean shit, okay? We have – it has to be understood what tonight is about and what it's not about. And I think that, you know – I think that has to be established, you know, I think I, that's the important thing. But I think now going forward, it's going to be very interesting to see how Survivor Series is handled. One network, and I'm not even talking about NXT, I don't think you're going to see if there's five matches, somebody go 5-0 and out because you're going to piss off the other network. You know, I, you know how are you going to book these things? How, you know, when the Rumble comes, you know, is it going to be a case of, if so-and-so wins the Rumble and they're on Raw, they're automatic. Like, the wording of the Rumble, and I notice they change this up every year when they want to. It's either the one when Randy won. Choosing, or it's the, the championship, or it's been the championship of your brand. I feel like they've played around with that. When yeah, it's that's, that's not them. good because it's always, yeah. it's always been you – you challenge the brand you want. That's the whole point. Because yeah, that's what made the Batista thing. Automatically. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what made the Batista thing year, so good. But I want to see this year how they word it. Because that's going to be very telling about where everything with this, you know, you hear the whole thing. Oh, Fox is adamant about this. NBC Universal is adamant about that. And that's fine. You need to show that whether you agree with it or not, come the rumble time. You know, if you're not going to be allowed to say whatever championship they want, if if your hands are going to be tied, it's going to be, okay, your brand choosing, then you better have a fucking strong final two, okay, um, you know, except for that, then it's got to be what it's got to be. I think it takes a little bit of the mystery out of it. I like the whole thing, like when Undertaker was showing up everywhere. You know, including ECW, right. you know, tormenting these guys for a week or two. They actually did a good job of building it up with Taylor for a little bit. I know their hands were tied because they wanted to do that tag match at No Way Out. But, mm-hmm. you know, have whoever wins the Rumble, have them show up. You know, even doing ICW, I mean, NXT for a week. Have, you know, have them show up. And like, See, oh, here, here's, what they, here's what they should do. 
if they really want to be interesting, instead of showing up at uh, NXT. Um, whoever wins the Rumble should be in the crowd at a takeover. You know when they always do those people in the crowd at takeovers? Yeah, they should yeah, have the Royal Rumble winner in the crowd. The problem is, I don't know if you're going to have a takeover between the Rumble and Mania, except for Rumble, except for maybe WrestleMania weekend. That might be the only problem with that plan. Oh, I assume they would they would since they're on TV now, but I don't I don't know their schedule. I don't know. Yeah, you, know. you might not. I, that's a great idea. The problem is, I don't know if time wise you could do. But you know what you could do that with the Money in the Bank winner. Oh yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could. Money yeah, in the that bank could work. In June, they'll have a summer takeover, either in the summer or at SummerSlam. Have them in, have them I think, in the I think I, that would work yeah. more with uh, I, I think that would work more with a girl Money in the Bank winner because that would be just something a lot of folks just wouldn't see coming. Um, that's just my first thought. Yeah, but, but um, it's, it's a good idea. I think it's just it's it's more workable for because of the time because of. Um, Money in the bank than the rumble. I, I don't, you know. I mean, I guess they always could do a February takeover, you know. But you know, I think that would be more so, you know, inclined to, you know, what you what you want to do. But I, I like that idea. I like that idea. And, right. Know, but you know, that's oh. the whole point. Like, I like the idea of the champion. Is it gonna be you? Is it gonna be you? Hmm, when am I gonna pick? You know, like even with Sheamus a few years ago, even though he picked Brian, you didn't know what Sheamus was doing. And then all of a sudden, they had that elimination chamber match. Brian won. They're lifting the cage, and then Sheamus came out and broke him. Up. That was fine. You know. Yeah. That was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't said that Sheamus had to. Well, that's when the brand split was kind of. Well, what, what hurt? What hurt that? Last, what, what hurt that particular year? was like I said, they did a great it was I, I applaud them for what they did, but and, and you said it yourself and we're running low on time here, was the problem was by announcing Cena Rock a year in advance, it hurt the title matches because you knew that there was no priority to to set them up sooner. Right. Because I remember Sheamus won the Rumble and what hurt Sheamus was he won the Rumble, and after he won, he they just took him off TV. He he, he like wasn't on yeah, TV for like three job. weeks. They actually did a good job explaining that though. They said he was scouting both champions. I remember that. They took oh him yeah, off. They okay. Actually, they actually came back and explained it right. Like he was he took his time. He was watching CM Punk. He was watching Daniel Bryan, and took his time and thought about his decision because. And they even said it. He was in no rush. It was actually the one time where I remember they were doing. They were rumored to do this. There was talk they were going to put him in the chamber match. And I was like, well, why are you putting him in the chamber match if he's got the title shot by winning the role? And they did. They changed it. You know. So that you know, they actually did a good job. But the problem is with that is it gets. It's the type of thing that you know. If it would have gotten more focus and more attention, you would have turned around and been like, wow, that actually makes sense. That actually is a really good way of going about it. But, again, the problem is everything was overshadowed by Rock and Cena. And the one good thing 
they right. did too was they had Sheamus throw kick Brian at um, Elimination Chamber. Then the next night is when they set up Jericho Punk. So it wasn't even like they I feel set like Jericho Punk. I, I always felt like the way they uh, I always felt the way they went about it. Jericho should have won the Rumble, only because his feud with Punk was 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 there was more of a story there, and with Sheamus, yeah, but that, that it was, was just exactly random. Why? Yeah, but that was exactly why Jericho didn't need to win the Rumble because there was already a story there with him and Punk, and it would have worked no matter what. You actually didn't need the Jericho win to get there. Like, Sheamus, you know, okay, why is Sheamus challenging Daniel Bryan? How are we getting there? You know, okay, well, Sheamus won the Rumble. That Jericho Punk was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. So it was like, it was just like, it's no different than why are you putting the title on this feud? You didn't need Jericho to win the Rumble. You know? Hmm. So... Yeah, but uh, I think we're pretty much out of time. So if you want to wrap up on that, then think we'd be wrapping yeah, up yeah. on WrestleMania 28. Um, <laughs> you know, the build. Right. All right. But, so we got SmackDown yeah. later, and uh, to all the fans, <laughs> just expect a different show. A lot of the uh, talents yeah. are you know, still we, stuck over we, there. Look, so I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm I'm a little, uh, you know, just understand the circumstances that are going on right now. It's not a creative thing. It's just, it's one of those things that it seems to happen every once in a blue moon. Remember a couple of years ago when they couldn't get back from, like, Hawaii because of the volcano, and they had to run, like, everybody to, from SmackDown to that Raw. I think the main event was, like, Triple H versus the Straight Edge Society. Have an open mind. Understand what's going on. And, you know, it will be what it will be. And, you know what, why is Kyle Ray can properly kick off Monday night? That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm I'm going to start watching um, for Monday, um, and next next week is but, is when I'll start watching, putting my, more time. Am I wrong? Am I wrong with what I'm saying? though about? Am I? Oh no, no, you're not wrong. So, um, okay. you know, it is what it is. All right, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, what we'll do is uh, up. Uh, uh, we'll wait. Because, you know, they're in the building process and stuff. Uh, we already talked about full gear. So we, we'll probably take, a, like, another week and a half, two-week break, stuff like that. Uh, probably we'll come back halfway through November to see, you know, what's going on with all the promotions and stuff. I, I think it's easier that way because to do a show each week, um, there's got to be, like, big want, news right, each week. You want to do this every two weeks? Yeah, I think it's easier because there's more stuff to talk okay. about, you know? Okay, so we'll do every two weeks. That's fine. We don't have to go okay. weekly. We'll go every two weeks, and right. you know what? Yeah, we'll work on some branding. All right, that's fine. I, we, we can do that. That's fine. All right, dude. I'll talk to you. All right, then. All right. All right, all right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week.